Welcome to my basement, everybody. We have a wonderful guest joining us today, and it's long overdue. It's my friend Brandon Jones from Easy Allies, who many of you know. I know I see it in our comments section all the time that many of you uh, partake in the wonderful content that Brandon and his team put together. Yes. Uh, and, and we have been, you know, in uh, sort of circles for a long time. We were mm -hmm. both uh, E3 judges, and we would see each other at events all over the place and yep. uh, get to test games early and pretty wonderful lives that you and I have been able to lead, huh, Brandon? Oh, yeah. Oh, no complaining whatsoever. Especially now, you know, we're, we're crowdfunded through our community at, at uh, you know, at Easy Allies. So we have all of these people being like, you keep doing that. And it's like, well, you we must wonderful. be doing something right. Yeah, it's working out. That's wonderful. Hey, when, when did you get started in this business? Game Trailers was your baby, yeah? So yeah. When, so, when did yeah. that all get started? Well, I founded uh, GameTrailers.com in 2002. I was, okay. uh, I was editing for an animation company. And wow. uh, I'm not trying to butter you up at all, but I tell you know, can be completely honest. I would work all day on my you know my editing job, and then I would get home. I would set up my laptop. You know, I would get some mac and cheese. You know, maybe some veggies, maybe you know some broccoli or something. But I was you know eat the same thing every night, and then I would sit down and I'd watch you and Tommy Talrico be goofballs while I updated <laughs> GameTrailers.com. Oh man, and that's so crazy. That's why I'm like I'm not ready for G4 to come back because it's like. No, that's, you know, it'll be, I'll go back in time 20 years, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm ready to move on. It is, it is definitely strange that it's coming back. It's strange that it went away, you know, in the face of the, the explosion yeah. or game trailers as a TV show. Like, it's just all strange that th these things that were established mm. had to kind of dissolve for the uh, opening of all kinds of new opportunity and some incredible work and, and great creative stuff and great yeah. creators out there. But there was a lot working, right, with G4 and a lot mm -hmm. with game trailers and it just couldn't, you know, or EP on TV, like everything was kind of humming and working. And then it's like, no, nah, let's just all, let's turn that off because we want to hear from these YouTubers. You know? Well, it's, 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 it's great content and, and, you know, great content always sings, you know, and always leads, but it's, you know, on demand viewing, you know, like I'm going to tune in to watch this one specific thing. Uh, it's Very just different. not as it's, yeah, people want to tune into the stuff that they want to watch. If people by this point are like, I don't know, this Brandon Jones guy, I'm not into it. You know, you're free to go off and listen to another yeah. podcast or watch another thing. I remember at back at Game Trailers, we were trying to figure out like, what show can we do? We had GTTV for a long time. And I remember our, uh, you know, the head of GT was like, you know, what which TV show would you watch about games? And I'm like, I wouldn't, <laughs> you know, like I'd, yeah. I'd probably go to the internet and, and you know, discover content you know, around the, the stuff that I was already interested in. The, well, the it's very interesting. Yeah, and uh, I, I was kind of in the trenches fighting that battle because mm -hmm. um, I would have broadcasters say, you know, like people that play video games are already on a TV playing video games. They don't really sure. care to learn more about all of this stuff. And I would sort of say back to them, and then I would learn through my career, it's like, we're not really just trying to get those people you know, with this content. We're trying to get the people that don't know about games or don't really mm -hmm. make time in their lives to find on-demand stuff. They're, they're trying to, uh, they're just trying to entertain themselves and get lost when they sit back on TV. And that's the kind of content that you want to make. And those are the kind of people that, and, and what's surprising to me is how little the video game industry really does to bring that group of people in. They, they yeah. may be, latent consumers or late to the table consumers, but there's certainly, a, there's more of them out there than there are that uh, people that actually play games or actually spend money on games. 
it's it's been interesting seeing the critical reaction to High Score, which is a new documentary that's on Netflix totally. about gaming. Yeah. I I I spent too much time making that kind of that kind of stuff that like I don't know if I'm necessarily attracted to to watching it, but it's this fine line between you want to have enough information for people that don't know anything coming in so that they're not lost, but at the same time you don't want to keep repeating the same information that we've heard so many times, the same stories we've heard so many times. So it is a balance. Yeah, 100%. So, you know, through game trailers and you started on the web, were you always mm -hmm. a, a video guy? Was was video yeah. right, the thing right from the get-go? I yeah. was a film major. So, I, you know, a lot of the people that I work with now were, were writers, were English majors, were, you know, they, were, they worked for their local newspaper, their local TV channel, you know, and I was all film, film you know, 65, 35 millimeter. Like I thought I was going to be a director, you know, I might, I still have time, you know, I might, I might yeah. you know, make a future out of that someday. But uh, I graduated, you know, film school, wanting to get into film and then just had this light bulb with a friend of mine where we were like, wait a minute, you know, uh, there is, there's a video game media. It's just kind of floating around in, in terms of places to go get trailers. And I was like, I wonder, gametrailers.com. And like, oh, there it is. It's, <laughs> it's, it's not taken. Let's grab it, you know? And so where we start building this website, not really sure, you know, what it was going to be. But uh, I, I knew that I was, you know, ever since, you know, uh, I saw Pitfall on the Atari 2600, I was just like addicted to games. And my brother and I put, you know, saved up our allowance for an NES. And I knew like, you know, graduating college, I was like, games are just gonna demolish any career I try to start. You know, if I go into acting, which which was a passion of mine for a long time, I'm gonna miss Me so many, I'm gonna miss so many early morning auditions because I'm gonna be like up night, you know, before <laughs> playing GTA 3 or whatever. And it's just, so get, you know, getting into this and, um, and a, a, all my film major friends also played, you know, tons of games. And so uh, it was just uh, something that we all had in common. And so it was really exciting, you know, creating content because we thought we were going to make trailers for people like that would be our thing. And we got into that a little bit, but it, having clients is not fun. <laughs> like it's having, different, having yeah. too many cooks in the kitchen, you know, these projects would just drag out. And ultimately we would be producing things we weren't really proud of because they just they were, you know, um, very, you know, consumer focused and we were just trying to make our clients happy. And so we were like, yep. wait, we can maybe make our own stuff and then we're our own bosses. That's great. Um, and so that's uh, what became a passion. And, you know, I haven't uh, haven't stepped away since. How many of the people that uh, do you still work with people that you kind of launched the original game trailers with? Or are they no. still in your? No, that's all. They're all different. Oh, yeah. Now. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah they've, they've all moved on to greener pastures. Um, but, but that's what's you, that's what's really fun is that like these people that have come through the company and moved on to other things. It's so exciting to see what they're involved in. And, and some are working at, you know, uh, whatever old, you know, uh, guys is in Inside Gaming. And, and some of those people are still at. Um, uh, still at Viacom, you know, still when we were originally there, we went through Defy Media, you know, to get to Easy yes. Allies, the place that we are now. But uh, so it's bittersweet to let those people go, but exciting at the same time to reconnect with them. And it's just like, oh, that's so cool what you're doing now. Or you're at a company that I don't know anyone else that works there. So I have so many questions. That's awesome. And and obviously you picked up a whole bunch of people along the way and you yeah. created allies out of them yeah. and out of the... Uh, it, well, Game Trailers is still running. Are you still a part of Game Trailers as it exists today? Like I still no, see it's new just game the, if you if you go type in GameTrailers.com, it takes you to the YouTube channel, which is managed by IGN. And uh, every now and then, I knock on their door, like, "Hey, what about this show idea?" Or, "Hey, if you if you need any voiceover for something, you know, I'm oh, your yeah. guy." We'll see if that uh, bears fruit one of these days. So, so they own that and, and they yeah. can do what they want with it. Okay. Uh, but through through the eras of game trailers, though, you met all kinds of people. And then out of your relationships and out of um, what was made of game trailers, mm -hmm. you guys created and crafted this whole idea with Easy Allies. 
Yeah. You know, I would say, Vic, the, the number one person that was very instrumental in game trailers that I still work with a lot is Jeff Keighley. You know, was uh, he, he managed, you know, game trailers for like eight months. He came on uh, once uh, Shane Satterfield left. Uh, and then Ryan Stevens took uh, uh, took his role after him. And working with Keeley on All Access and all his E3 coverage and bonus round, and like I learned so much through that guy. And so that's been really fascinating, you know, seeing you know uh, all the opportunities he's created for other people, all the cool stuff he's done. Um, uh, so he's amazing, right? Yeah, good, it's it, yeah, good he's guy to a good dude, with. totally. And and uh, uh, he's he's got like this steel trap kind of mind around it right and he's also a guy that seems to know everything that's going on with yeah. everybody across the whole business you know if i ever want to know like if i hear the murmurs of a rumor about something and i want to know what's going on i just text jeff and i what, what's happening over there <laughs> and he knows you know and he knows somebody and i know a lot of people and i know you know a lot of people but there's yeah. something like keely is just tapped in you know he is I remember this grand wizard there was one E3, I've worked with him a couple times on E3 coverage since I've been at Easy Allies. And there was one time he, we did the pre-show and the post-show on something. I think it was Bethesda or something. And they announced some game and he's on his phone and he just looked up at the screen and he was like, oh yeah, I played that last year. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does rub it in sometimes. He's like, and so where have I heard of that game before? <laughs> oh, right, when I played it. <laughs> it's talk. like the PlayStation 5 controller. Of course, Jeff has yeah. got the PlayStation yeah. 5 controller mm, in his good. house. Like, yes, of course. It's crazy. Um, okay, well, you um, tell me a little bit about launching easy allies because I, I, I you know apart from what the name suggests i can imagine it was anything but easy to uh sure. you know go out there with this concept and and sort of put trust into the world that the financial support and and mm -hmm. uh, viewership support was going to be there because the you know media industry has just changed yeah. underneath all of our feet talk to me about the uh launching easy allies what you learned at the time and what you've learned since then well, one of the the best things that's so different, Vic, about Easy Allies compared to game trailers is like, we had bosses at game trailers, you know, whether they were Defy Media or Viacom, whether they were friends that I had, you know, one of the, the you know, the owners of, of game trailers back in the day was like a family friend, you know, like that uh, I, know, I knew him all my life. And, mm -hmm. but I was still trying to please them. I was still trying to think of, you know, creating content that was interesting for me. That was always the, the beginning of it when we started. But then over time it was like, okay, what can we do that will perform? What, what can we do that will impress them? And this whole idea has changed ever since we started Easy Allies because we had the mentality going in, we don't know how big this is going to be. They're going yeah. to tell us you know, these people coming in, supporting us. And four years later, we're in the same spot. You know, we've we had a lot of people, you know, that have left to gone on to support other content creators. There's so many more Patreons existing now than, than there were even just four years ago when we started. Uh, and yep. so we'll get exit messages from people who are like, hey, I'm going to go support What's Good Games. And we're like, do it. <laughs> you know, like, that's great. And so uh, we it, it's, it's interesting to try to uh, like modulate this thing in terms of how much support we're getting. Um, whether that is, you know, specifically geared through the Patreon that they are paying for a specific thing and getting a benefit from it, or, right. you know, we just have a certain level of support. And so therefore we, you know, we just moved into a studio, you know, over a year ago and, uh, which we sadly aren't using right now, as you can tell. I know. Um, and yeah, but, it, but again, it, it's, it's the question that we, we can still use that studio, which is a fantastic storage space right now. It's really, really working for us. Well, <laughs> it's housing all of our tchotchkes, but, uh, uh, just this idea that we're so much more connected to the community than we were at game trailers. 
right. uh, and it makes me makes me feel bad that that was just was not really my priority. I would just go into the the voiceover booth to do VO, and I would go to my desk to edit stuff and go approve other videos, and then you know rinse repeat. And now so much of our content is taking questions, taking uh, you know suggestions, and um, you know wh whether that's the game that we're playing or the the topic that we're covering, uh, and that is is. Um, is really nice to be connected to the community and also nice that they do that work for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, every time that I've reached out, it like we, we and I, I need to do this again because I did start with uh, EP features where I was soliciting and you, you've you contributed video content, but I did sort of reach mm -hmm. out to the, uh, uh, the professional community that I know, but also the viewership community and everybody's in front of a camera now. There's nobody that's, you know, that is also a different thing with media too, is like nobody's shy anymore. Like everybody can speak <laughs> yeah. to the camera. Everybody Everybody's got an intelligence that they can project, and, yeah. and uh, um, but I, I love that. I love seeing the faces of of uh, the viewership and and uh, seeing the passion that everybody has and the knowledge. Because I mean, that's the thing about YouTube, and and you know this better than I do because you've been you know an internet video guy for longer than I have. But uh, everybody's smarter than you, and no one is shy <laughs> about sure. telling you how wrong you are and and and, and um, how wrong your opinion is and how disparate it is from theirs. But, you know, and that's stuff that I, I have had to learn over the last five or six years as we shifted from, you know, just sending out a TV show and hoping everybody was digging it. And, yeah. and I, I'd see a, a tweet pop up every once in a while to instant feedback and everybody's sort of playing along as you go. Yeah. Do you, and, and I know you've done content in sort of both varieties or in a bunch of different ways is there a type of program that you like to create more do you like to just write something and send it out there or do you enjoy this you know streaming kind of reality that we're in or do you like mixing it up uh yeah there's not really one thing that i uh i like to get rest when it, whenever it whatever lets me get a couple <laughs> extra hours of sleep that's my t t it tends to be my favorite thing i did that week uh but i you know i i came from live theater i did you know started i started doing you know children's theater when i was like six or seven and it was really up until my freshman year of college that i finally like stepped away from that uh mm. and then i still did shows i still did like a, a musical here a play there when i was in uh in college and you know my my wife is an actor my brother is an actor and and you know through them i know lots of other people and uh am, am, am uh, following you know the improv scene and the theater scene in los angeles and so that really excites me that there's not a ton of that like you go see movies remember movies remember Vic, when you go we'd go I see do, movies yeah. in theaters yep. every now and then you i don't know if this if you've seen these but you would get a trailer for like live theater they would be like oh we're gonna host this opera on this channel you can come to the movie theater and see it and I'm surprised it hasn't really blown up on Twitch yet. Like Hamilton's right. on Disney Plus now. And so like, we're just kind of starting to see that. Uh, but my wife is in an improv troupe. And so she's starting to do like Zoom call improv where they like have backgrounds that are the sets and they have one person managing what camera we're looking at. And like, that's it, amazing. I'm, I would love to see that blow up in the same way that like D&D has blown up in the last four or five years. That like, sure, yeah. that was not something we were talking about in the early days of Twitch. And now it's just like humongous that, you know, you can, you can tell a story, you know, through these people playing characters, but then you can, you know, kind of see them, you know, marveling at the characters they're playing and the stories that are happening at the same time. And um, I, I just, with, with the theater background, looking at what people are doing just with live now, it doesn't matter if you're playing games or, cause just talking is always like the number one game on, on Twitch. You know, yeah. people just hanging out and, you know, connecting with their community. And so I, I think live excites me the most in terms of, you know, 
looking at the beginning of the century, seeing how far we've come with video. And now I look at live and I think we're going to, you know, kind of see the same. I mean, it's it's blowing up. I mean, saying, you know, live is a big thing now is, is kind of silly, but I just think we're going to see people do stuff with it um, over the next couple of years that we haven't seen. See stuff get more popular. So, and I, I guess it was your acting background and your training that just has allowed you to kind of roll with that and, and you dig it. Do you still like to package stuff as well? Is that still something that you dig to do? Like, I know that you do voiceover and all that stuff. Is that, uh, do you get the same joys out of that that you did 10 years ago? Or is it kind of shifting to this this new discipline and, and these new strategies to connect with people? Yeah, it's, I mean, that's what's really great about working with the seven other guys that I work with is they're always surprising me with stuff. And so like, I can definitely be stuck in a rut with wanting to do the same thing. You know, if I have a full schedule of things, it's like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm not gonna, it, it doesn't leave me a ton of room to really think outside the box in terms of like creating crazy new content. Um, yeah. But I definitely work with a bunch of crazy guys that do different stuff than I do. And so it's always really exciting to see. Um, and a lot of times I'm directly involved with that because they'll write a script that I then voice. Uh, and so um, I, I kind of live vicariously through them when it comes to, you know, it's, it's tough to teach this old dog new tricks, I'll tell you. It's like, I, I'm at a point, um, because even just doing theater and film, which are necessarily not the industry that I'm in, it, it is similar enough that I've, I have been doing a lot of this stuff, you know, for a long time. And so I'm just like, it, it's tough when we have like creative meetings and they're like, well, what do you think? Just, you think outside the box. And I'm like, I'm, I'm done. The boxes, <laughs> I got, I got stuff in the box. Whenever I go outside the box, there's junk all over there. Like, I don't well, know. I, yeah, I, I know what I, I know what's going on here. You're I, I'm, I'm talking with a dad that's still kind of new yeah. to all oh, of yeah. this. A, a yeah. year in, um, it, you'll be surprised though. I, I, you know, my daughter's eight years old and massive congratulations to you and Amanda. Thanks, and, and, and I've said this to you privately, but publicly as well. It's the best thing in the world to be yeah. parents. Uh, but it is it is a complete shakeup of your uh, mental faculties and your, your, oh, your, that's, your cognitive yeah. abilities in the world. Like oh, everything yeah. is shifted. 100%, well, right? the lack of sleep, I was prepared for it because I've been training myself for years on, yes, you know, of course, op yeah. operating on, you know, four, three, two hours of sleep, maybe no, no sleep. What I was yeah. not counting on was just straight up madness. Like I would, like <laughs> I, the friends would come over and they'd be like, so how are things going? And I'm like, things fine, work good, life okay. Why can't I speak English right now? Like I was just... <laughs> Like, like I could see my brain like a puzzle, you know, like putting the thoughts together. And I'm like, what? You know, because it's just, yes. you get three hours of sleep and then, you know, you're up for an hour and then you get three hours and then you're up for an hour. That you're, if you're, you're not used to that, your brain, it takes a while to, uh, to, to recompile information. Well, and, and honestly, like the jobs that both you and I have where we are uh, in these worlds and in these stories with these characters that are you know becoming more and more fully realized yeah. to be almost like human beings and so you're bouncing from all of these different realities and then trying to make sense of your own yeah that, i don't know how good that is for this thing you know yeah. i don't know how good for the melon that kind of thing is and i'm certainly i'm totally there with you though and one thing i'm going to tell you and i know you hear this from every parent is just how speedy and quick and how fast all of this goes and then before you know it your kid is better at games than you are and uh you know soon you'll have your son probably pop up in your videos like i i've had my daughter he peeks in every now and then yeah yeah it's well it's amazing right and yeah. uh um but yeah you're 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 it's like a totally different you you know and just we, yeah. just like your son is going to be a different person 
yeah. from week to week and year to year, yeah. you are also rapidly changing through all this too. We had a major milestone the other day, Vic. So I, so we have a bunch of books that we got for him. You know, some books we got, some books from friends, some books hand me downs from other kids, and one of them is Bed Night for ba uh, Bedtime for Batman. And it's oh, a cool. whole, it's a hilarious book. It's it's in the you know uh, the Bruce Tim style, and it's a kid getting ready for bed, and they're paralleling him getting ready for bed and Batman getting ready to go fight crime. One, oh, wow. one of my favorites is Batman op opens up a he's going into the sewers and he says time for business, and the kid's looking at the toilet. <laughs> but he didn't like it when I first showed it to him. He was not a big fan of like things that had heavy backgrounds. Like he, when, yeah. if there was something that was like a blank page with a character on it, he preferred that. So when I first was like, look, Bedtime for Batman, he's like, yeah, just get this out of my face. And I was like, oh no. And then, yeah, just a couple weeks ago, now his favorite thing is to go into his library and just pull books out and throw them on the floor. And he like pulled out Bedtime for Batman. He's like, let's do this. He's just flipping nice. through. I wore my Bat Signal shirt the other day when all of our, we got our Batman game announcements and he saw it and went, and I'm like, yes. Oh, <laughs> we've crossed the the bat yeah. threshold. This is yep. awesome. Well, this that will stay last. with him for for forever. My kid was uh, very similar with uh, not wanting to hear dark soundtracks and you know creepy mm. things on screen. And uh, but now she's into it. We we've mm. been reading Harry Potter books and and. Mm. Uh, uh, she, you know, I'm, I'm constantly saying, look, Ruby, you can't look at the screen right now. There's like super heavy vibe and, and she would cover her face or look away. But now I see the peeking, like she wants to see some of the, some of the carnage yeah. that, that, uh, erupts in some of this stuff. And we watched, uh, uh, you know, how to train your dragon and, and, uh, ready player one. And mm. it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, the stuff you get to share, which I know you're excited about as a nerd and a fan for all this stuff. Sure, but then of course. Uh, for you to see a lot of this content again through those eyes and then okay. the content that they're they're going to introduce to you as well. And they, Oh, and I, the, I'm, that's what I'm most excited for. I don't need him yeah. to be into Star Wars. I got I got enough Star Wars fandom to go around. I'm fine. You know, like, yeah, but I'm excited. Like he, you know, he, he's got this little cut up, wooden cut out thing where he can take pieces out and put it back in. And he just really was into the trains. And I was like, oh, hey, look, buddy. And I pulled out a book and I'm like, see the book in your book, a train. And he was like, get out of town. That's the same thing. You know, like <laughs> he's not saying it, but I could just see in his eyes like, wait a minute. You know, so I, I can't wait for him to tell me like, dad, trains. It's like, let's get in the car and go buy some trains. Like, That's so yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm excited. And shout out to you, man. We, we, bumped, we bumped into each other at E3. And we were waiting to get into an appointment and you were looking down your phone. I remember you looked up and you were like, did you just have a kid? And I was like, I did, man. And you were like, congratulations. It's like, man, <laughs> my man. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I pay yeah. attention to I really appreciate I mean, there, that. Yeah. There, there's, uh, you know, there's some great people across this business and you're one of them. You've always <laughs> been incredibly kind to me and uh, all of your teammates have, you know, like uh, I'm a huge fan of you guys. And, and uh, talk to me about this because, uh, you know, you're in uncharted waters when you don't have a corporate overlord mm -hmm. and you don't have the steady paychecks coming in and things are shifting probably financially all the time and you got sure. a lot of people and and I, I got to be honest, like most of my team who I miss dearly, um, they couldn't afford to stay in Vancouver or they took jobs that are kind of more secure like news jobs or stuff. And I, you know, I've sort of plotted and toyed with the idea of Maybe we could sort of gather a, a group together and try a Patreon thing. But I have come from being this employer that's been able to do deals with companies. And then I've yeah. had, you know, the ability to pay everybody, you know, as fairly as I could and, and could take care of everything. And I just, I, I have, I guess I have so much fear about the idea of, 
how do we do this? How do we like gather a group of people and make sure everybody can pay their rents and mortgages and survive? But yeah, you guys are doing it. You're navigating this. How how has this been going for you guys? That well, that's that's the question. Is uh, it's because I've had a lot of friends that have gone into this as well and have you know Patreons of, of varying success, and mm -hmm. it's tricky because like what does success mean? You know, it's like yeah. what does that's that's completely up to the person that is starting that thing. And so if you yes. are going to set out to to make a Patreon, you need to realize like okay, what do I need this to be? And the more need you have, the 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 less it might work out for you specifically because you can't have, it's very difficult to have expectations on growth on, especially this year where everything is so topsy-turvy to like, you know, you, yes. you see things moving up and down and, and it's really tough to try to figure out, okay, why is that happening? What can we do to maybe write, you know, correct it? And is that something that we're willing to do? Is that something that we need to do or want to do? And so I've, I always try to to let people know when they start uh, Patreon. You know, Craig from uh, Game Attack, you know, just recently started his own podcast. And yep. so we had a conversation before and I was like, just try to get into the headspace of, I will model this thing around the viewership. So, you know, one of one of the things when we first started is we said, you know, let's meet every Tuesday night and we'll play a game for two hours all together as a group. And then we'll do a podcast after that. And then that's it. Like, that's what we'll do for free. And then if we don't get past that on the Patreon, we won't do anything else, you know? And, mm -hmm. and so everything else has kind of been built onto that. So as long as you can have a base that you know is manageable, um, that you know you're willing to do for free, um, then, you know, I think you, you know, cause you have to produce something, you know, in, in order to attract people. It's, it's yeah. not, you can't put everything behind a paywall because then I don't necessarily know what I'm paying for. Um, yes. And is so it's the, just setting toughest, those expectations is the tough part. Is, well, and then, but once you start to get traction in there, and this is the thing that I conceptually look at is, is the, uh, is the stuff that you produce that only the patrons, uh, the patrons mm -hmm. will see. Yeah. Uh, it, there's I, so much thought has to go into yeah. that yeah. to make it. And, and so, I, I mean, that freaks me out as a creator. Right. It's like, I've never had to think like that. It's like, yeah. well, how do I, I've just made stuff and shared it. And, yeah. and so consequently, like, I, I don't have, like, we, we have, um, on our channel, we have uh, EPN members, which, uh, you know, thank you to everybody that, that is supporting us with that. But, you know, I haven't done, uh, emojis and things because i can't like if i'm gonna make things i'm gonna be making content yeah. you know yeah. that's the way that i've always thought so uh but i know that you have to you have to do a lot more than that when you're creating content where you're reaching out to the people and it, it, it when you're building stuff is that where you start do you start with well this is going to the to the you know the tier of people that are helping to support us and and this is the, our best stuff, so it has to go to them. Is that kind of the way that you guys think about it, or how do you do it? Yeah, it's it, it, it totally goes around and round because one of the things that's exclusive to our Patreon is our spoiler stuff. So the last yeah. one we did was Ghost of Tsushima, and you know, three people from our team had a conversation about that for like an hour about you know just a complete spoiler conversation. They don't have to worry about you know upsetting people, but that is you know for just a buck, you know, wink. Uh, yeah. <laughs> patreon.com slash easy allies and so we'll get i get comments a lot uh, on our shows where people are like that's your best content that's the stuff that people really want to see you know that they're waiting for why put that behind a paywall and it's mm. like well at the same time why put something behind a paywall that nobody wants to see it's right like, it's gotta yes. it's gotta be something that you're like I, I gotta know what they thought about the ending of final fantasy 7 remake i gotta know and so you know, a lot of times a lot of people being like, all right, I'll give you a buck for a month, but then I'm out. You know, like, I right. just want to know, you know, what you thought of, uh, 
you know, the last Assassin's Creed, and then I'm done with you guys, you know. So uh, we, we just always see a huge spike whenever we produce one of those. And so there's no question to us that that's a smart idea or that's an appropriate yeah. thing to have. But I, I think in terms of stuff that's exclusive behind our Patreon paywall and the stuff that we produce publicly in our YouTube, it's like, you know, maybe 5% of our content just goes to patrons. Right. Like the, the rest of it is... Um, uh, and a lot of that stuff is, is very specific. Like Daniel Bloodworth has a, a like a, a gaming book club that he does, and that is a very intimate, but you know, uh, group. But we definitely you know appreciate their support at that level. Ben Moore does a, a exclusive D and D campaign to like three people, you know. And, That's so cool. And so it's 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 a, it's interesting. It's like I'm sure he would want to bring in more people at that tier so we could make more money. But at the same time, I'm sure he really enjoys this group that he's been taking through this you know this journey for so many years. And so um, it's an it's an interesting give and take and terms of like what we're willing to do to get more people in and and but and what we're willing to do for just the you know like reviews for example would never be behind a paywall that's something that's uh right know, we're, we're looking forward to reviewing something we hope you get a lot of numbers on it but that's not why you know we're doing it we're doing it because we're passionate about it that's your bread and butter yeah that's what you guys want to make right like yeah. that's that's the stuff that that uh you show up every day to work on yeah. how, how much of your conversations with your team is is kind of uh, about the business that you're building together because now you guys are all your own bosses and you kind of shepherd your own vision with this um and i think what a lot of people don't recognize around media creation especially when you've got a group of people is that there is a a, a layer of it's management but it's a layer of communication that needs to be persistent and um uh you know constantly learned from and taken care of which is time and yeah. it's commitment. And so I'm wondering, have you guys got a shorthand? Is it easy? Like, do you guys, do you take like weekly meetings or monthly meetings and we, we got a big, we got a, a big monthly meeting. Yeah, that uh, that's actually this Friday where we'll look at September and just plan the entire month out. And then um, it's, it can be tricky as a, a manager looking at the group because so much of the best type of content that we produce, for example, you know, Ben Moore has a show called Don't Skip where, you know, he wanted to cover things that weren't necessarily reviews. He's like, I don't want to put a score on this. That's not the point. He's like, I just want yeah. to tell you, you might not realize this game is great. I think it is. And so he right. created the show around it. But you know, he'll, he, he might go two, three, four months without producing an episode because he's just working on other stuff. And then right. he, and then he's like, I, you know, I'd love Destroy All Humans. I think this remaster is really great. I really want to do something on this. And so kind of tough to, to force him, okay, you need to get that done by this specific time, or it needs to be this long, or you need to spend, you know, this many hours on it. Like, I don't live with him. I don't know how he's managing that time personally. And so yes. you kind of have to do these weekly check-ins just on the content that they're regularly expected to produce. And then if they say, you know what, I'm going to step away from these things for two weeks to do this other thing. I'm always really attracted to those ideas because it's like, I would so much rather you do something you're passionate about than be stuck you know, doing something. Uh, Michael Huber has a show called Huber Syndrome where he just geeks out about stuff he's interested in. And he just hit a wall. He got to a point where he's like, I've run out of stuff to say. <laughs> and so we all kind of got together and collaborated and we came up with a fun idea and we did a special show for a couple months and then he went back to his old show. And so um, it's it's a little bit of both. It's like, I think reviews are the time we really, you know, because that's when we have embargoes and and expectations on us. And so that that's when we can kind of, you know, ring the dinner bell and be like, okay, time to get that video done. But um a lot of times we really, you know, try to give each other freedom to to explore stuff that we're interested in. I'm so envious of you guys finding a way to work together, you know, because I didn't, 
I mean, I knew that what I was proudest of was the groups of people that I'd been able to assemble to build the yeah. shows that I've been at. But I didn't know how much I would miss that. And it's for a number of reasons. It's that collaboration. I, I You know, you're talking about uh, taking time to build something and how important that is. And I'm, I'm reflecting back on our art director, Tavis Dunn, you know, looking up at me and saying, look, it's going to take me two weeks to add all of these Star Wars special effects to this segment. So <laughs> I can't I can't think about all of the other things that you want me to do. And I would say, yeah, that's it's really important that we have this four minute insane piece in our yes. show. So go go to town and go and do that. And I sure miss that. But the other thing that uh, that drives me crazy and you had this too, and I think that you guys are much closer to this right now, is the uh, ability to cover a wide spectrum of things as they're happening and to really help the industry with its discoverability problem. Because you know, I just saw a tweet that's, that's uh, going around in the video game circles right now about a guy showing, uh, I think it's the Descenders video game. It's one of the creators of the Descenders game, which just hit the PlayStation Store. Uh, and it's brand new, but he couldn't find it on the homepage. And he actually went to search and it's brand new. And it ended up at the bottom of the list after he typed in the full name of the thing. And you know, that this isn't to throw shade at the PlayStation store, right? It, it's just a problem that the industry has yeah. where we're relying on a billion voices to each pump up something, but there's so little, um, and it's not even curation, it's just like, uh, a collection of information and finding ways to get it out to people and reach people and, and, and giving people the surprise and the feedback that I got on EP and I'm sure that you got uh, you know and are still getting with easy allies but definitely with game trailers is how much eye-opening content you guys built and how many things you helped people discover mm -hmm. um, in a mass way you know and uh, I miss that about having a team i miss that about being able to cover a lot of things and being able to throw to a, a two-person review team in different cities and we would just cover it soup to nuts you know and uh it's it's hard for any media organization to cover anything like that right now media is just so weird period it's like every sure. every organization is struggling but uh that's definitely something that i i miss and i feel like the video game industry is uh really hurting with right now. There's so many developers out there that just don't know how to reach people. If people could only see our inboxes, right, Vic? It's just like, there's so yeah. many emails that go by every day that I'm just like, oh man, that looks cool, that game, but you know, I don't have time. I'm right in the middle. Yeah, I barely have time to check my email, you know? like. Uh, yeah. But actually, I think it's really interesting to see this kind of you know, splintered E3 summer that we got where all of these mm -hmm. people kind of formulated their own, own events, even just recently with Nintendo Indie World, you know, like all these fascinating things came up. Um, one of our one of our favorite terms that we we mention on Easy Eyes is the shadow drop. So if you just yeah. tune into one of these live events and they're just like, and the game comes out today, we're like, yeah, I love that. You know, like, yes, even, when yes. even if we're not interested in the game. Uh, and so it's, that can be really scary because like there, your advertising's done. Like you can, you know, you're never going to get that day again. You're never going to get that launch day. Um, yeah. Maybe relaunch with, you know, at, on another on a port to another console, or you can come out with DLC later on. But like, if you're Spirit Fair and you, you are getting a fair amount of buzz, I can bet that, you know, it's like, is this going to be good for us or bad for us to just suddenly, ta-da, you show up. Is something yes. else going to happen that day that we don't know that's going to completely overshadow this announcement? And so, while I agree with you that like that, that, that is a tragedy that there's just so many things, you know, that I hear about that I think, you know, like, I'm in the position to tell other people about this game, and I know I will not because I'm already focused on so many doing yes. so many other things this yeah. week. At the same time, you know, I think 
I've learned about like 400 different games between Guerrilla Collective and, you know, the stuff that I am 8-Bit is doing uh, and, you know, uh, Nintendo support, you know, Shuhei Shida has been doing a really great job, you know, putting more focus on independent games. And so um, hopefully we get a lot more of that stuff, more, more events that we can be excited about, more little packages of like 20 to 30 indie games. We can just I love that, and and honestly, that's what, that's always been an issue with the the gaming industry in general is uh, you know dropping information about something way too early, and the hype and the expectations and the promises that are made, and then as we get closer and closer to release, it's uh, a lot different from yeah. what actually you know was promised years ago, and uh, you know there's something to be said with. Uh, a couple of weeks before something is is ready to sort of be in people's hands is sort of revealing stuff, but it's a it's a business that's constantly mm-hmm. reevaluating itself and and figuring out ways to kind of uh, ring the bell and spread the word. Yeah. How how has this year been for you and and your team? How how have you guys been uh, able to? Has it been a, a total shit show or <laughs> has it been? <laughs> Has it been okay? Did you just ask me how 2020 has been? What's <laughs> the matter well, with let's, you? Well, I know it's been crappy for <laughs> all of us, but in terms of like making your stuff, how have you guys been able to deal with it? Uh, it certainly felt weird and bad when we first started out. And uh, um, I thought I would uh, add more you know, stress onto it by moving. I'm actually moving houses, uh, which is sad because the room I'm in right now is the garage ECL I started in. So it's just like, oh, it's oh. people. Who knows what they're, they're going to turn the space into. But um, right. uh, I want a space with Spider-Man and Solid Snake and Batman in the background. <laughs> I'm just in the corner of my garage right now. I can't wait to spice it up. Um, but it's, it, it, it is kind of a double-edged sword because you know we would you know if we could choose of course we would want to be in our studio we like we worked really really hard to to make that space um really interesting and and there's you know so much tech that we added that made our jobs and our lives so much easier but at the same time it's always kind of fun to be challenged in your job it's always kind of right. fun to to, yes. to 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 try to make new content and see what happens um for example we just did uh, uh daniel bloodworth has a friend who's uh, been a pilot for you know uh, for 20 plus years and uh, he was playing a lot of flight simulator and so we we, chat, we chatted with him and it was so much easier to bring him into the conversation and record something with him uh, than it would have been for him to actually come to the stage. And so, right. um, you know, just like, if doing a show in the stage and maybe patching somebody in via Zoom or Discord wouldn't necessarily be something that we would do in the past, but maybe, you know, we're, um, you know, more inclined to do that now. I wonder, even after we move into the studio, if one of us, because um, one thing that we, we've started doing that we haven't done before is kind of like an after weekend impressions video, because there's some games that like, we do play that first weekend, but we're not really going to create a video around it. We're not going to preview it. We're not going to review it. And so it just kind of, we talk about it, but it just kind of yeah. you know, fades away. So we're yes. like, is there, is there a conversation we can have where we're like, all right, admittedly, I've only played this game for two days, but you know, like we're all excited about it. We're all talking about Fall Guys right now. Like what, what was our weekend like? And we're wondering like, can we still do those at home in the future? <laughs> like if we yeah. get back in the studio, first yes. thing Monday afternoon, is it okay if we record that at home? You know, like would our community be upset and be like, hey, get at that desk, you know, get in front of those <laughs> nice cameras. Or can we kind of do a half and half when we move back into the studio? And so it's gonna be I interesting I think anything to see. goes, brother. 
I think it especially it since we've been investing in new mics, new cameras, new you know yes. ways to yes. make our home setups you know work better, and the possibility that you know this you know kind of mask wearing, social distancing era could be you know it's going with on. us for a very very long time, and so it, yeah. this is less like a phase we have to get through, more of a reality we have to face. As, as Dude, I was making so. a live show at the Vancouver Film School uh, in a cafe space downtown, and I'd have an audience come out. And the, the cool thing is that this year I'd started to work with all the movie studios. Uh, where they were giving me tickets to give to my audience and we would all go oh, and see an early wow. release of a movie oh, after awesome. the show. And it was so it was coming together perfectly. And then yeah. this yeah. virus hits and our yeah. you know our last movie as a group was uh, it was kind of creating like a little movie club, which I just loved that thing. It was like really yeah. like a like an actual, you know, face-to-face -face community. And we all saw Bloodsport and uh and nice. you know, somebody coughed in the back and I was like the, the movie wasn't that great, but I was just like filled with anxiousness. It's like this is wrong. We we can't go out. Wait, do like you mean the Vin right? Diesel movie? Yes. The, okay, that's Bloodshot. Yeah. I think. Oh, Bloodshot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bloodshot. Bloodsport. Uh, I would love to see it. Theaters. Oh yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah, we never got into that. They like seeing classic things together. That'd be great. Yeah, but I sure miss that. You know, because we were building. Yeah. Uh, oh, totally. A, a cool thing with with audience members and the whole deal and, well all and, this hit but, at the all this hit in march and march 21st is our anniversary and so uh, this hit right when we were planning you know we usually do like a show like a stage show and i thought this year i was like let's do something where we actually bring our community into it you know like oh, let's nice. let's bring them yeah. on camera let's play mario kart with them let's play smash brothers with them right you know on. uh let's play sea of thieves with them you know and so it was kind of tricky because some of our communities like eh, i want to come see you but i'm not really comfortable being on camera and so I, yeah. like, that was really exciting so like, we've never done anything like this before this is going to be really great and then nope you know? nope <laughs> and, yeah. and and even just the weeks leading up to it i'm like we have people that already bought tickets we have people that have already made plans that might not be able to get refunds but is this worth doing and now looking back it's like of course we should not have done it but at the time no. you know at the end of february it's like ah i have to be the villain here because i gotta just say tell everybody no sorry i know i know um, and so dude uh, we we lucked out we got a trip to southern california just before everything clamped down we went to disneyland and star wars land and i know that you're a huge disney fan uh we went to harry potter world and and i you know that was like our last chance yeah. kind yeah. of getaway at, for a while it feels yeah. like although stuff is starting to open back up are you one of these risk takers out there that would go and see a movie or go Hell to disneyland or no <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's just saying something man. Kid. disneyland yeah. is is it for me you talk about entertainment we talk about games and theater and film and say it's all about disneyland for me man disneyland yeah. is just the greatest the greatest 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 and i know i've I was, seen you there dude, i was scrolling through video uh, uh, images to try to find pictures to we're writing the letter to the homeowners of the house we're putting an offer on to be like we're really cool people and so we're like looking yeah. for pictures and i'm scrolling through and i i find the video i sent you talking about the 3ds in star in galaxy's edge and that, that was, was the awesome. last time i was at disneyland also to oh, celebrate man. my birthday i was like oh, oh. you know but uh, yeah, it's it was so it's fitting like that you were there. It was so fitting that you were you were at <laughs> Disneyland and you were able to shoot that video. Thank you for that, by the way. That was so uh, that cool. was fun. Well, we were talking about the 3DS and the you know the 3DS and Disneyland were were you know a thing. You know, like I would go with my Street Pass and you know yeah. pass somebody from Taiwan and be like, oh sweet, you know, like that was yeah, uh, miss it. <laughs> oh, totally. I'm just getting sad. <laughs> uh, okay, let's let's uh, cheer ourselves up here. And uh, certainly, it's been a, a pretty amazing year for games, right? It, yeah. You know, we've 
some games that have been able to lift us out of a lot of this weirdness and uncertainty like Animal Crossing and Fall Guys yeah. uh, were incredible totally depressing games like The Last of Us 2 which well, also yeah. was able to you know lift the medium up and the conversation up but uh, you know well yeah, let me ask you what have been your, some of your faves so far this year so far if you had told me that I would be in love with Microsoft Flight Simulator in August of 2020 like you know a year ago I, I would not have believed you I really liked the trailer that was one of my big standout trailers for me 3 when it debuted because it was so gorgeous yeah. but yeah. I'm just I'm so surprised we just went you know we just drove you know up north uh, we live in the west side and we just drove up north looking at some you know some of the houses we were checking out and the first thing i did when i got home is like i'm gonna go fly to van nuys airport <laughs> oh wow, you know and cool. so i'm just kind of looking at the neighborhood like okay yeah, <laughs> that'll work um but i love open world games you know i love uh, there's just some kind of it's it's you know it's easy to fail in that game you know you gotta takeoffs can be tricky in some of those aircrafts but yes. uh, it's just it's so serene and wonderful and, and so crazy as an open world fan you know what they've been able to do uh, re remapping you know, the earth. I'm, I'm like tempted. I, I told Amanda last night, I'm like, I know I shouldn't fly to Hawaii, but I'm tempted to. Like yeah. part of that seems incredibly boring, but also like really thrilling at the same time to just slowly see like the island come up, you know. Because it's all real time. It's a yeah. Right? Yeah. It's going to take you. The, the Pacific blue for like five hours. <laughs> like it's, I, it's, it will take you five hours. I don't know. Yeah. That's hilarious. Oh my like, God. I don't know. Yeah, I've, I've loaded it up. It's beautiful, but I haven't done anything with it yet. I've just started to like dabble, <laughs> you know. But what else? What else have you been uh, grooving? I on? mean, I this this uh, Saturday to do a shameless plug. I'm wrapping up a. It'll be 21 weeks that I've done this, not straight because I took a couple weeks off. Uh, but uh, every weekend, I've uh, been taking friend code requests from my community, and then I go visit their islands in Animal Crossing. And oh, I'm right on. And that's been so crazy because it's like a fingerprint, man. That game, like every time you step off that you know pier onto somebody's island, you really get a sense of like what they're interested in and, and what uh, their passions are. And you, you, you see kind of the same materials being used, but they, they'll use it in a completely different way. You know, one, a couple weeks ago, somebody turned their whole island into a pirate ship. And I was like, this is fantastic, you know? And like, they had their pirate gear on, they made me put on a pirate outfit. And like, you know, I can't think of any game that would even come close. Even stuff that I've loved in the past, Dreams, Disney Infinity, where you could build your own stuff. This is yeah. just, this just has, it's just so much more tied to a lifestyle that it's less about a creative impulse and more about really representing who you are as a person. And, well, you uh, can also understand how everybody's built everything. Like mm -hmm. there isn't a, like when you open up dreams, it's like, how are people so talented? And so there's no real sort of point of reference, but in Animal Crossing, everybody's on the same playing field. Like my kid blows me away because she's as addicted to it as I am too. But I've been like building my own superhero outfits and things, you know, and I've, yeah. and then I've just been sort of making my island and paying off things, you know, like I don't like the debt in yeah. real life or or in, uh, in the sure. game. And uh, but she's been like she's got a massive wardrobe, but she's got different crazy hats and silly things, and you know she's caught every fish, and her island looks totally different than mine, and it it is amazing, right? Like it's it's a it's a form of expression as a as a, a much as it is a a way to just escape, you know? Yeah, and yeah. I know it's been it's just been said to death this year, but just when you know the fact that we got that in 2020, when we got that game. Yeah. Uh, it's it, it does not happen very often that things are timed, you know, that strangely, you know, where yes. it's just all of a sudden, you know, the world is ready to embrace something like that. Uh, I think Fall Guys is benefiting from that too, right? Because oh, sure, there there is this gentleness to the 
severe anger that everybody gets <laughs> while they play that. But it is, it's like, it's it's coded, you know, that anger is is masked in the puffiness of it all, you know? And it's like, I, why am I, I feel dumb that I hate this much right now. But it, it's, it's a pretty yeah. wonderful experience. It's know? a skill none of us had. <laughs> yeah, you know, like none totally. of us. There was no game we could play to practice for Fall Guys. You know, like yeah. that that first weekend. Uh, and it was funny. I was talking to Huber on our team, and he was like, "Oh, it's a it's a savage wasteland out there in Fall Guys now." He's like, "People are grabbing right and left. They're teaming yeah. up." Yeah, yes, um, they are. Yes, but it's fun. Yeah. I saw I saw somebody tweet. There's like the one memory game where like the fruit will be displayed on the screen, and then you got to make sure you're on the right panel. And one player, it was like orange. And they like went to a panel. Everybody went with them. And right at the last second, they hopped to the next one and everyone <laughs> fell down. Yes. They were all, and they were like, and they, I, I think they tw they tweeted, I think it was in like Japanese. They said, cheaters never prosper. It's like, yeah, yeah. they got to, you know, don't, don't, <laughs> don't go off the exam of the person next to you. Try to do your own work. Th that is one of the uh, most stressful mini games in that game, isn't it? The memory one. Because yeah. it's, it, 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 I mean, you see the sheep. You, you In real time, <laughs> you see the people that just believe I believe in whatever they're doing, and then bye. You know, it's yeah, it's very strong. And oftentimes you are that sheep. So has there and, been another one? Um, well, and a lot got delayed this summer too. And so it's I yeah. think you have something like grounded, you know, which is right. odd, oddly addicting. Of just like you know, uh, we we streamed that, and then by the end of yeah, I think we spent like three hours streaming. We were supposed to you know play it for two, and then yeah. this last Wednesday, uh, Ian and uh, Blood on our team went back to that save file that was on Blood's Xbox, and I was like upset. I'm like, but our base, <laughs> you know? uh, and so I like messaged them after. I'm like, how's our base doing? They're like, it's good. We put in a basketball hoop. I'm like, I didn't know that was in the game. You know, <laughs> it's I gotta it's, play that. I've downloaded. I have not opened that up yet. I'm, well, I'm it's just, like, it's check the that same out. thing with you know. You flight simulator and a little bit with fall guys it's just it's that wonderful sense of discovery and the fact that we yeah. can all do that together you know and yeah and so I, i've had a lot of people that tune into my animal crossing stream that are just like i don't get this game what's going yeah, on and I it's know. like it's hard to describe being excited about a table like i don't know uh, you yeah. know to, you know like i have yeah. I, I have like a very creepy downstairs in in you know my house and so i'm just like i put like the wooden table and i painted it black and i'm like eh. It just doesn't. It doesn't fit the aesthetic. And then I finally got like an antique table, and I was like, "Yes!" <laughs> so it's, you, you create your own dumb dreams, and you know the, the stuff that you're excited about. And it's kind of the same thing. And you know, grounded where we were just running around, and it's like, I need this kind of plasma. <laughs> or I need this like this like goo or this you know uh, something that I need to this you know glue to put this thing together. And like, oh, I found it, and just like, okay, get back to base, get back to base, like. Um, that's fun. So Even Sea of Thieves, we played the other day, and they were just we were just yeah. cackling watching this because it's, uh, it's anything that can connect us right now. I think resonates just a little bit more than it has in the past. You, you know, there's parallels into what we were talking about with uh, streaming content and and the world that we live in, sort of uh, in the gaming media consumption kind of space, and these streaming successes. You know, like this idea of sharing the community story around the, the crafting and the world building and and uh, the collection of of those experiences it's funny right uh, you know and obviously Fortnite and and uh the battle royale craze it's it is this uh it's, it's a whole different era that i don't know if you or i 10 years ago would have predicted that that would have been sort of the upper echelon of of game consumption these days i don't know if epic games would have predicted it when Fortnite launched yeah no they <laughs> yeah. didn't certainly the fact. way it was structured and yeah, yeah. It, it did not seem like they would uh, <laughs> like they just kind of like grabbed onto that comet and they're just like kind of holding on for dear life 
Um, is there another? Uh, did, did you eventually get back to Ghost of Tsushima? Did you? Did you play? Uh, no, it's it's not your not, game right now. It's still no. waiting. Uh, but I mean, I mean, that's the thing is everything about that game is so my jam. You know, the time period, open world, riding a horse, you know, yeah. meditating and writing haikus. <laughs> it's just a yes. lot. There's a lot that speaks to me. And every, I, I can get strangely protective about games sometimes where like I get so passionate about something that I want like the perfect gaming environment to really enjoy it. Totally. I get that. Uh, so I, I think I, everybody I'm, watching this video gets that, you know? like It's, it's yeah. also strange because I'm playing so much Animal Crossing. It's also a strange like you get kind of dug in on one console. It's kind of weird yeah. to be like, well, let me turn my PS4 on again. You know? I know. You're pressing as, the wrong button all we, the time. As we get to potentially our, our, our excited games we're looking forward to in this year, uh, I might I might be turning my PS4 on very soon. Uh, yes. Might be a reason for me too. But um, okay, okay. Even something uh, like Fortnite, I could get back into. I was really into Save the World in Fortnite. I really, really enjoyed that mode, the the non battle royale mode, the mode that everyone forgets is in the game. Yes, uh, what I it all started out as. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I'm I'm I, I played a ton of that and might might get um, suckered back into it one day. Did you play Last of Us? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, and what 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 did you think? Uh, I I. It's hard. I think the main struggle for me with Last of Us is it's hard watching characters you care about be dumb. Yeah. <laughs> and like Last of Us 2 kind of drags you through that, you know, where you're yes. just like, no, like it's one thing you watch a horror movie. You're like, okay, in 45 minutes, this will all be over and I'll just be able to, you know, I just saw Midsummer yeah. too. And it's like, don't get on the plane. But like, yeah, uh, yes. Uh, so it was tough, like controlling these characters going through. It was almost like, like one side of my brain was like, woohoo, crossbow. And the other side was like, no, <laughs> just you don't even go into that parking structure. Just turn around, <laughs> go home, you know, <laughs> appreciate what you have. Um, but at the same time, uh, there were, I think just the, the environmental storytelling was really what just rocked me with that game. And it seems so different, like on a Bioshock level that just not a lot of people are doing. And yeah. uh, there was one, you know, at, at the risk of, of saying anything that would potentially spoil it for people who uh, have not seen it yet, the stadium part of the game uh, was my yes. favorite part because it was just every step I took was like, whoa, that, per oh, and that's set up that way. And, oh, you're doing that. And it's one thing to look at a picture or even just see a video, but you like walk through an environment and you get a sense of like what life is like for everyone around me. Um, and just being informed that way of it through a story just kind of reminded me not only why games are great, but why Naughty Dog is just so damn good at what they do. They really um, are, yeah, yeah, and, and it's, and it's so um, interesting to see what they're doing next gen. You know what they're going to oh, do. Oh, what they, PS5. yeah, where they take. Well, I mean, yeah. this will be next gen. I'm sure this will be a big PS5 game, the the remaster of this game. And I'll uh, play it again. <laughs> I yeah, played me Last too. of Us uh, remastered on PS4, so. No yeah, problem. no, I'm I'm psyched about it. But it is it is it, you know, and I've I'm sure you talked about this too. It just sort of calls into question, like I'm sure. Well, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I just feel like the the uh, the art form of telling stories in games is just so it's been all about potential for so long yeah and those of us that have been into playing games have been able to sort of taste that that uh potential and sort of see it realized in titles like bioshock and it and it it isn't really just about comparing and contrasting it against other media but there is something innately um otherworldly and profound about being able to inhabit these characters and inhabit these worlds mm -hmm. uh especially if it's done with a an intelligence and a maturity like what we see in something like bioshock or we see yeah. in a last of us game it just can't be matched you know and then when you you think of it being sort of distilled into a linear story yeah 
it can be done and I think it can be effective, but I don't know if it can be matched, you know, like th there's something uh, like next level about all yeah. of it. And you, you know, you, you, despite your best efforts, you could be turned into a meme. Like I remember, I didn't laugh at the time at all. I didn't realize what I was getting into, but I had advanced copy. I think I, I reviewed the game at the time. I can't remember what cut it was, but the press F to pay respects. Uh, I, I played that cutscene. It was like, yeah, sure, F, whatever. You know, and then yeah. realized later, everybody was like, what? You know, it's like that was an effort made to. You're at a funeral. You know, to to to, to bring you into this moment and sure. make you feel yeah. like you're actually interacting with something. But it's just once you get down to those fine emotions once you get to you know you know these really raw feelings you know that that uh this medium can offer us it's so easy to be pulled out of it it's so easy to make fun of it and so it's such a fine line you know when you have d developers that are really writing that i respect like the work done on the last god of war like i played yes. the first god of war and then didn't play any of the other ones and i was just not really interested to check them out and yeah. that still resonated so much with me when i played that game i was still my jaw hit the floor at all the big story moments um, yes. just because it was just done really well you know and it was beautiful yeah and, and not only done well as a, like a quote-unquote good story but a good story that knew what it was knew what characters it was talking about knew what type of game it was and it just it all worked and so um yeah it's it's i mean that's one of the reasons vic that i'm not i don't review movies i don't review comics i don't review tv because games are just so damn exciting like you 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 know every year you get good examples of those other mediums and i think tv is you know crushing those other things right now i think tv is really really strong but it's just it's so exciting you know spirit fair also for example this game about loss about death that can make you happy but also you know you can help you reconcile with these emotions it's yeah um it's yeah it's a it's a privilege to 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 be in the position that we are in to even have my opinion mean a damn to anybody when it comes yeah. to the work that these other people are just pouring all of their heart and their their time years in you know these two well, batman you, games you, that we just got announced you know the suicide squad what's that better development wait. for seven years like, i know <laughs> i know crazy before it comes I'm, out so they it, spend so yeah. much time working on this stuff you hear about canceled games it's like oh you know totally crazy yeah, and they navigate through all of this. There's something about that review thing, and I know that you know this from reading magazines and watching us when we were on TV back in the day. It's not so much about like your purchasing decision, it's about the reveling in that passion. You know, yeah. it's about sharing that, uh, you know, because like I, I reviewed The Last of Us Part Two, and people are still discovering that review after they finished the game, and they're yeah. still wanting to, you know, and it happens with you guys as well. It's like years later or months later, people are still kind of trying to celebrate with you a little bit, you know, yeah. which is a, a cool part of the job. The spoiler content as well. You know, I'll, I'll yeah. get messages from people who are like, so I finally finished Horizon Zero Dawn. I went back to your spoiler mode from three, you know, two, three years ago. And it's like, oh, yeah. I, I would want to rewatch that. I wonder what we talked about. You know, I wonder what, yeah. was, what stood out to us in that story. All right, well, let's celebrate a little bit of the things that we don't know quite that much about yet. We're, we're on the hype train with uh, mm -hmm. stuff. Uh, do you still get hyped? Do you still? Oh yeah, because I do. Yeah, like I I see a trailer or, or you know or some announcement, and it's just like, oh my god, I can't freaking wait. Even though I've oh, been yeah. doing this for so long, and you too, but yeah, there's there's definitely some big games coming out this year. Uh, why don't we go? We'll bounce back and forth. So why don't you give me? Uh, I, I asked Brandon to give us five games that uh, you're looking forward to for the rest of 2020. Why don't we start with uh, one of your five? Well, you gave me your list. Mine are, I wrote yes. mine in chronological order, and I know that a couple of these crossed over between our lists. 
and I was cool. I was happy to see that Marvel Marvel's Avengers was on your list. Yeah, uh, that we are getting very shortly uh, because you know just everyone's you know had a chance to play it now with the you know yep. various betas and and finally open beta. Uh, and I there were a lot of people that kind of tuned out that had expectations that necessarily weren't met. Um, I know a lot of the guys on our team are like very action focused. You know they they play a lot of Souls games, Devil May Cry and stuff. And so it's like you bring that kind of those are kind of expectations into this game and like no the crystal dynamics is not known you know for that no. that kind of stuff but um for me the big thing about avengers is so that's on your it, list too oh yeah 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 yeah. right on I, I'm, I'm surprised I'm, I'm super pumped i was livid that captain america was not playable in the demo i was like come I on know. and you couldn't re <laughs> you couldn't replay san francisco i i kept trying to yeah. find that in the menu you only got one yes. shot like per profile yeah. you know to, to, to check out that demo so i was like i would have milked it had i known you know or i would have written I, down I, all his abilities i uh, see people talking about it like uh, they, they've done the san francisco thing to death and i'm so over that's like that scene is incredible i want to play that I, i've saw it in the demos i've seen people play I, like yeah. i want to play it again and again it's incredible it's an amazing distillation of all of these different abilities it's so fun so you have it it it's fascinating to me the perspective on producing uh comic book video games so you on like one end or if you think of like uh you know a diagram that like fans out you know the the finest point would be insomniac spider-man so you have one character one set right. of villains one city one location, one storyline, and you can really drill in the Arkham series. You can really focus on just this one character, bringing them to life, being true to them, you know, casting like all the right, you know, voice actors, you know, to, to portray it. And then you have something like Marvel Heroes, which is just like, hey, as much as we can throw at this, as many different crazy people we can come in, that's where you go in and you learn about Squirrel Girl and, and, and other people that you might not know about in the universe. And Marvel's Ventures is kind of in the middle there. It's like it's yeah. it's trying to go for, you know, the AAA epicness of something like Insomniac Spider-Man, but it's still trying to give you, you know, the choice and, you know, to differentiate people um uh, to differentiate the characters enough so that you get a sense of like, okay, I would, you know, I'm more of like a tank type player, more of a warrior player. So I'm going to, you know, focus on Hulk um, or like me, like I love ranged. So like I'll be in the back chucking my shield or, you know, hitting people with, the, you know, arrows as, as Hawkeye. Um, yeah. So, and I just, uh, as somebody who grew up DC diehard as a kid, as someone who was just running around in, you know, my Batman and Superman pajamas, how into the Marvel universe I am right now is crazy to me that like- I have the and, same parallel with you. I was a DC nerd too. And yeah. I, you know, I, I talk about this all the time. I met Tommy and, and started working with him and he was a huge Spider-Man guy with his Spider-Man room. And then all the Spider-Man games were great. And we'd kept reviewing terrible Batman game after terrible Batman game. Yeah. And I became, and then the MCU happened. And so I'm, it's like a whole new world, right? It's like this, it's open to us. Yeah. as DC fanatics and it's like oh there's a whole new thing to explore with all these awesome characters and I think Marvel's Avengers is nailing a lot of that really really well well there was one the, there's the Hulk mission that you could do in the demo and that that was uh, focused on a scientist that Banner used to work with that he kind of taught her gamma stuff and then is now yeah. realizing like oh crap she's working you know with aim and she's using the knowledge that I gave her for nefarious means we got to go shut her down and so I'm excited about learning those little 
you know, uh, the subtle nuances that they didn't have time to to focus on in the MCU and learning more about these characters, you know, seeing a, a, a fun costume pop up, be like, what is this? You know, there's so many different variants on Iron Man's suit, you know, and it, it's fun to see the connections of, of, of where that stuff came from. So um, purely just from that, you know, perspective, I'm excited to, to learn more about the MCU and spend more time with these characters. Well, I, you know, like I dig Destiny and I, I love the division. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but if you're going to create a kind of games as service model where you're going to want me as a, 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 you know, a fan of these superheroes to kind of be invested in and stay with, this is it, you know, and I, I can see the business sense of it. Um, but I also have a lot of trust and respect for the creators at uh, Crystal D and at IDOS Montreal. And I, I feel like they're going to you know continue to pour fun ideas and fun characters and they have no it's bottomless like they have no end to what they can surprise us with so yeah i i dug the i only played three hours of the beta but i had a great time with it i put a video together around it i thought it was great um and it's it, you know it's certainly not the same fidelity as spider-man um but it's meant to be a cooperative you know, team-based experience. Mm -hmm. And and honestly, the closest we've come to this is the Lego games, which I've also loved. Uh, but I've always thought, well, why aren't we making, you know, kind of more photo real looking action games that even could rip off a lot of the Lego design, but just make it look like closer sure. to what we see in the movies, yeah. you know? And that's yeah. kind of what we, we're, we're getting out of this one. There, there was an era where the best Marvel games were Lego games. <laughs> totally. <laughs> so we've, we've moved past that, but uh, yeah. And I, you know, I got into uh, one of my passions that I've had to just like put on the shelf is that, you know, I used to be completely addicted to MMOs. I played a ton of Final Fantasy XI, right. Warcraft and, and Final Fantasy XIV. And Warcraft and XIV, have and I'm, I'm assuming a lot of other MMOs as well, you know, have a, a a rating system now where like you just sign up, you say, okay, I'm a healer, I'm a tank, just throw me into any raid, I don't care, I just need XP or I need these these credits or whatever I need to grind, and then it'll throw you into a, a dungeon. Well, in 14, when I did that, I hadn't played a lot of these, and so I was DPS, but I would just jump in and be like, I would just heads up, guys, I don't know, I've never done this before, I don't know what I'm doing, and so it was always the test of like, am I gonna get a group that's like, oh, you're fine, or like, ugh. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. We got a new guy again. Uh, and it was always great when I would get some tank that's like, don't worry, let's go. You know, it's like, that's fine. Just, that's I will awesome. tell you what to do. And I could sense that player. It kind of reminds me of the the white outfit from Journey, you know, where yeah. if you if you collect all the little things and then you know, all of a sudden you're the superhero when you're playing through Journey. And it's fun to just kind of like, you know, tap the call button and be like, hey, the thing's over here and like help other people go and find all of the Yeah, objectives. there's an expectation in this that people are going to be a little more virtuous. I I wonder, yeah, I wonder how easy yeah. that's going to be, but it's exciting because you there's only one character per group, which I wonder how that'll work out with matchmaking once we get everybody, you know, the full slate of right. people playing it. But I kind of like that because yep. if I'm doing a level for like the 20th time, I there, I will have kind of a strange glee in being Captain America and jumping in and being like, come on, guys, you know, it's down this hallway. Like, <laughs> I, I'm a nerd, man. There's there's part yeah. of me that really, really enjoys that and, and enjoys that. That's why I like Cyclops from the X-Men. It's like, I, I like... The, I like the leader character. I like the character that's like you I'm know, a Cyclops when, guy when, too. When when the battle starts, they're the, they're on the front lines and yep. and they're always the one that's like, hey, if it's a bad decision, it's a bad decision. But I'll make it on behalf of the group and um 
and uh, I love that scene from Avengers. The cop's like, who the hell are you to Cap? And then he smacks the two, the two aliens and he's like, okay, <laughs> let's listen to this guy. <laughs> yeah, I love that. That was yeah. incredible. Um, okay, so Avengers, uh, I think, uh, going to surprise some people out there because there are a lot of haters out there right now. A lot of people are really down on this whole thing, but I can't freaking wait. I, I love my yeah. taste and it's next week pretty much we're, yeah. we're jumping into this world okay uh so what's what give us another one uh this was not on your list and i yep. don't know if this is going to be great but i'm excited to check it out for a lot of different reasons mafia definitive edition which we get on september oh, yeah. 25th yeah uh, i played the quote-unquote definitive edition i had a wonderful time with mafia 2 michael huber yeah. team is incensed about what they did to his beloved mafia 2 with this definitive <laughs> edition but i you know i'm you know blissfully ignorant i didn't you know a lot of these little I, technical issues i, and I stuff. played I'm it like, on the xbox one x and it was running pretty great i, I thought, thought it was, it was okay yeah i, I didn't yeah. Uh, I, I just chalked it up to being a, you know, a, a glossier looking version of an older game. You know, the map is yeah. not, you know, the size of obviously something that we would uh, experience this gen if they had gone, you know, to make something like that. But the Mafia 2, from what I played, I didn't finish it, but it was like so story focused. And I yeah. uh, people on our team actually asked me about that. They were like, were you bummed that there wasn't a lot to do in the city where there are even something like a Sleeping Dogs or, you know, like a Watch Dogs, there's just more to do. And I was like, it's so focused on the story. Like that world exists to tell the story and that's it. And yeah. so I, I really got wrapped up in it. And I, I you know, like you see seasons change and um, uh, the characters I was introduced to were really interesting. I was never like taken out of the story. I was really, really glued to it. And actually, every time I when I boot up my Xbox to play, see if these are grounded or something, I see it waiting there in the corner. I'm like, I, I'm tempted, but yeah. um, there's just more stuff coming out. That uh, you know, once I've gotten a taste of that, I think that's good enough for now. But so, did you play Mafia One when it nope, first came out? I never played oh, any dude. Mafia game, not even three. Yeah, you are yeah. in for because Mafia is a think. much better yeah. game than yeah, two. Yeah, yeah. It's it's and, an amazing game. And just look what they're doing to it. And it's just yeah. not a it's not a time period that we have seen really in, with that level of fidelity ever. Yes. You know? And so yes. uh, I'm just such a, you know, as as a Batman fan, I love noir. I love detective Me stories. Too. I love Dick Are you Tracy. watching Perry love, Mason on HBO? Uh, no. Um, oh, you're going to love I that. Tell, I know, but keep, remember, we got the one-year-old and I've been told yeah. there's some baby stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that I, I have to, it's like, I, I uh, I'll, I I love horror, Vic. And for some reason, I got like a strange horror kick like a month ago because things were just so sad in the world that I was like, all right, yeah. let's we, we'll watch all these horror let's movies. Let's amp it. And <laughs> yeah. yeah, and like I told, I, I have like a list of like movies for Amanda not to watch. You know, it's yeah. like, ah, yes. Uh, uh, what was the Brightburn? Do not watch yeah. Brightburn. Oh, yes, <laughs> you know, like, yes, yes. Amanda's developing this wonderful mother-son relationship. Don't watch <laughs> Brightburn. Uh, uh, but... I, um, but yeah, that, that definitely speaks to me and uh, the cast of that looks absolutely incredible um, of Perry Mason specifically, but um, I just, just that world, I, uh, I can't wait to jump into and I'm really curious. Yeah. And, and it's, it's so wonderful to get an opportunity like this to experience a franchise that you haven't at all. Um, with improved visuals and fidelity yeah I, yeah I mean it blew us away when we reviewed it back in the day on pc it was just like wow uh yeah i can't wait to i that's that's something that i'm super psyched about too um i'm gonna throw in another remaster it's tony hawk one and two which yeah. is coming out very soon as well um you know i i think that the world is missing a lot of that accessible action sports kind of Nirvana, you know, like we we had wonderful games like that with the NBA um, street games and yeah. SSX. We had this whole era of just. Oh, you, uh, you said SSX, the magic word, man. That's the magic, that's my, man. That's my jam. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, I think a lot of that really wouldn't have been possible without. Uh, well, I guess some of the pro arcade sports stuff would have probably happened, but Tony Hawk, I think, oh, opened for sure. up 
a whole level of thinking and accessibility and those two games especially the second one were just so freaking incredible they were just so good and i just i want the world to uh that maybe slept on it or, or is younger or hasn't come back to games for a long time to kind of get the best of that done very well i i mean i don't know if it is yet i haven't got playable code but uh I think it can ignite a new way of thinking around all of this stuff, you know? And ben I on our team, Vic, to play. he played it at the, that two minute <laughs> quick demo. I think you get like 20, it's like two minutes or 20 minutes. I can't, it's probably 20 minutes, but like yeah. you get a, you get a clock and then you're done and then that's it. Uh, and he was just giddy, man. He just, yeah. I think, I think Ian checked it out also. And they said, you know, the gameplay is one thing, but they said uh, uh, for whatever money they spent getting all of those songs back in the soundtrack. I love it. It's yes. worth every penny because you hear those songs and you're like, I'm, I'm 12 years old. <laughs> yeah. Back. Yeah. 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 Fired up for that. Fired up. Okay. Uh, next for you, my friend. Watch Dogs Legion on October yeah. 29th. I was uh, I was back and forth about putting that on my list, and same with Valhalla, which I don't know might be on your list. But yeah, uh, three, tell me why. Three out of my, three out of my five. Actually, well, technically four out of five uh, for me are open world games. I, I just love it because I love exploring. That's one of my like my favorite things to do in games. I love you know what the heck is that thing over there? Let me get in my car on my horse and go check it out, or yeah. or, or web swing over if you will. Uh, yeah. And I uh, played a little bit of Watch Dogs Two on PC. Um, uh, I have it on Steam, but I, uh, I I didn't finish it, and it's so different from other open world games that I've played uh, in terms of like the tools that it gives you, the, the the playing that you can do. One of my favorite things from the limited time I played Watch Dogs 2 was making cars go backwards and forwards. Like yeah. I would just I would hit every parked car and just boom, 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 and like make them <laughs> yes. all drive off and like. Um, and so I, it's I a was sandbox, a but everything is a toy in the sandbox. Yeah, it was everything it was, is very attractive for me. I just did not make the time to do it. And then uh, I put myself forward to preview uh, Watch Dogs Legion because our, our big Watch Dogs fans on the team, Michael Huber, is only just a little bit bigger fan of Assassin's Creed. And so both those previews yeah. were happening at the same time. So I was like, all right, you go play Valhalla and I'll play Legion. And walking around that city and being like, am I going to get you? No. Am I want you? No. Like, that's so much fun. The idea yeah. that I... I I'm really curious how invested I get in a character that I kind of myself create. You know, it's like it's one thing right. to get invested in a character because you told me the story and you told me why they were important. I'm getting all these cutscenes that help support, you know, their character. And it's gonna be interesting to see how invested I get just in my own little weird Justice League of, <laughs> of like all these like yes. weird hackers and people. And um, there's just so well, many. You're making your own Guy there. Ritchie movie. Yeah, you're just, assembling your own Motley crew. I, I think, you know, part of me is excited because I think I'm going to enjoy it. I'm excited to maybe a little too relevant in, in 2020, you know, to see, you know, this kind of like, I, I think they tried to sell like, look how far London's gone. And it's like, well, it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't as far fetched as it was when you first pitched the concept. But um, I, I, I'm excited just as I usually am excited to play an open world action game. But I'm, I'm probably more than anything on this list, really curious to see how all of this plays out. Yeah. especially in playing through some of those cutscenes and then having them show later this one cutscene where you know this person's talking to someone on a computer and they have these different NPCs that you're playing as that all say the same kind of thing in response but in their own different way 
And that is just, as somebody who knows a lot of, you know, voice actors and whose, you know, wife is in the biz, it's like, how much money <laughs> did you Tremendously ambition, yeah. You know, Tremendous ambition, yeah. I always get, I don't know, I always get excited when I see companies spending money on something that a lot of people will not experience in their game. Right. Like, that right. to me represents a level of commitment or uh, investment in a risky idea. Uh, and that's always something exciting for me to, to check out. So. Yeah, I think Legion looks pretty damn risky. I can't wait to. And I, I had a great time on that hands-on. And uh, I'm going to be talking with Clint Hawking pretty soon, uh, you know, about this crazy vision. This is the first game that he's actually shipping for a long time because, remember, he made the jump over to Lucas uh, That's right. uh, Arts, And then he was at uh, Amazon wow. for a long time and he came back to um, uh. to UB. So <laughs> That's kind of feel good. Feels, yeah. yeah, it feels good to ship, I think, after so long. Um, I am super psyched and I've made this very public about Star Wars Squadrons. Um, I haven't had any hands-on. I know that they did some kind of uh, hands-on stuff, but I haven't had any hands-on. Yeah, me neither. Uh, but I've been a, uh, uh, like I, I love VR experience, experiences oh, and I yeah, love VR gaming. VR, that's right. And and I the minute I got into the headset and Eve Valkyrie was really one of my first VR experiences. And it was like, yeah. why is there not the perfect Star Wars dogfighting game like this? And here it is. It's coming. And uh, Motive knows their responsibility. Uh, EA knows what they've got to do. They've learned a lot from Battlefront. And I like the dogfighting sequences that they have in there. And I like the VR piece that we got in that first Star Wars Battlefront that Criterion made. I couldn't be more excited, man. I, I just hope... Uh, I hope this delivers on all of that, the potential and the promise, but uh, it's looking good. I mean, it's looking like it really will. I'm so psyched for this game. I've never had a lot of experience with with flying games. Again, that's why Flight Simulator is so unusual to me and, and, and so yeah. fun. I did play TIE Fighter because we did a Star Wars retrospective back at Gameplay Trailers, and I did so good, play right? X-Wing and TIE Fighter and all that yes. stuff. And that seems much more mission-focused than this stuff. Like, this definitely seems more focused on combat, where there were a lot of, like, you know, stealthy things going on in TIE Fighter, and it'd be interesting to see if there were, like, escort missions and stuff. But I know you say the word escort, and that's, like, a red flag for a lot of people, but um, yeah. it's it's it's... The X-Wing pilot, the Star Wars pilot, I think is something that's just not featured, you know, in games a lot. Like you don't really get into you don't really get into the mentality of of you know what it is like for that character and how that world looks to them. And so, uh, um, yeah. Have you played it, any VR flying games? Have you done any any of that stuff at all? Yeah, yeah. I played Ace Combat yeah. Seven and Eve. You know, and, because uh, there's something about being able to look out your window oh, yeah. and look up at the guy that you've got to reposition to target, or you'll oh, see yeah. them swoop. Or it's so insane, oh, yeah. and the fact that you can be, you know, comfortable and seated, but still going in hyper velocity. That's the thing. That's the crazy amazing. thing. Amazing. Yeah. Is uh, I I can't remember what racing game it was in VR. Racing games for me in VR don't work because all it takes is just one little miscalculation just one thing where i thought my body was going to move one way and the camera moved the other way and then like oh, yeah like it'll yeah and i've yep. i've really worked my way through that the, those sensations in vr because like when i first started to check out vr like when it really started you know when, uh, oculus came out and, and it started to come back into popularity a couple years ago i started feeling that way and i was like okay i gotta like you know like a muscle i gotta work this because i really yeah. want to check out these experiences and i've gotten more comfortable um but for cars it just does it, it there's a danger there that at some point it's just going to be off with flight i'm doing corkscrews i'm i'm doing yes. loops i'm fine i don't i don't know yeah. what it is just maybe that the 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 thing i'm in isn't tied to anything i think it's the when a car is like on the the, the pavement 
it's something like yeah. that connection can just seem kind of loose or, or firm and you know going back and forth between those things well when i played ace combat 7 i was like upside down the whole time and i was just watching yeah. go by like um so, so cool, getting right? to getting to see these controls getting to get into these ships hearing those sound effects you know in vr and and just seeing these planets you know like um uh you know going to these places and and even dare i say i'm excited to see like what they do with the story you know like yeah it, it was fun seeing hera there when we did the the trailer you know reactions everybody was like oh you know it's rebels and i was like wait what and i had to go back like, oh there she is and yeah. so it's gonna be interesting to see if any other cool characters pop up or this kind of ties into to i feel like add that's some the new game. things to the lore I'm going to be playing the most. Like, I still load up Star Wars Battlefront 2 and play oh, yeah. dogfight mode all the time in that game, yeah. you know? Like, it's and it's not even about leveling up or anything. It's just the fun of it. And yeah. so I feel like Squadrons will be the game that I go... It, it will be a comfort food game for me. Like, sure. I'll play it, I'll beat the stuff, I'll talk about it, but then I'll still go back into it all the time. So you got you got another one for us? I got another one for you, and you got this one too. I think everyone's got this. I think if you grab someone on the street that doesn't play video games, and you were like, "What game are you excited about in 2020?" They're like, "I'm hearing a lot about Cyberpunk. I don't even know what yeah. that is, but <laughs> yes, <laughs> I assume that's going to be something that people are going to want to play." But I have a very, I have a very specific goal or very specific reason I'm excited about Cyberpunk. I have a challenge for myself that I'm going to see yeah. if I can try, try to pull off. In fact, every time I play a game that has a, where you have a moral center, Red Dead Redemption Two, where they're like, "You can yes. be a bad guy if you want," I'm always like, "Okay, I'm finally going to." challenge myself and I'm going to be a bad guy this time and then I come across the first person that's like do you have any money and I'm like yes take all my money oh, I, <laughs> yeah. like, I just I always whenever I'm, I'm, the, confronted... I'm that same way man I can't like I'm always to the lights you know probably what it is is because we do so much um, violence in game we're, we're, we're kind of ruthless Maybe, yeah. and merciless you know and then when a developer gives you the option to not be that's yeah. why the superhero things I think speak to us so much yeah it's a uh it's a it, it, that there's a there, a freedom and a newness to that you know but uh, I hear you so you want to be a so bad guy I'm gonna I'm gonna hold I'm gonna I'm gonna you know try to try to stick to my guns on this one I'm going full corpo and I'm just gonna right be on. you know I'm just gonna yeah I'm gonna be the man for sure <laughs> I'm gonna be everybody's enemy I can't wait. I, now I've gotten the demos at E3 and stuff, but I didn't do any hands-on, and I, mm -hmm. I've honestly started to like pull back on too much more trailer hype around this. Sure. Uh, but I just know it's a fidelity and a and a production kind of quality, and that you know The Witcher Three obviously is like this sense of permanence in the gaming space, and it's just a, it's like a. Uh, you, you know, it's like a Skyrim type deal, you know, like you can always go back into that and just have, like it was incredible on the Switch, Witcher 3. So I'm expecting that Cyberpunk is that next stage from uh, CD Projekt Red and we're just going to get this extraordinary escape into uh, a, a reality that we seem to be edging closer and closer to in, in our real world, but it's still incredibly enticing, you know, yeah. like I, I want to go there. I, I I still go back to the first time. This is one shot where you in the, that first trailer where you step out into this like main plaza. And I remember in one of the demos, he went over to visit, you know, talk to his I don't remember his name, but the, your your friend at the beginning of that game. And he goes over to talk to him, and he's like, as you can see, my friend's over there. We're gonna go talk to him. And I'm like, where? I don't see your friend. <laughs> and I'm like, where's your friend? Oh, it's that guy. You know, and like, as much as I love open world games, there's always still the sense that like, you are the only person that matters in this entire world. Like right. Assassin's Creed games, it's very easy to think that way just by how you look. You have this weird ass hood and you know, like yeah, your, yeah, your yeah. gold plated armor, you know, and just all these peasants are walking past you. And like, um, so it, it, it's, and Spider-Man as well, you know, it's, it's fun to have that power trip, but at the same time, uh, 
it's it's gonna be really interesting to be in this world and talk to people who are like, I don't know you, who are, you know, like you're nothing. You are literally just another person trying to make their way, trying to, to make money. But you to have all the gadgets and the cool arm world. and the, uh, you know, the, yeah. the robotics and yeah, no, I'm fired up, man. The imagination and the, uh, uh, clearly the, I don't know, the, the open-ended kind of qualities of, of uh, creativity and, and mm -hmm. throwing all kinds of great widgets. Plus the fact, like The Witcher, uh, they were able to tap into an already pre-established world and a universe and yeah. and sort of readapt that and pull that into their game. I think that's going to benefit this title in so many incredible ways. It's kind of how I feel about Suicide Squad, which might seem like a strange transition, but uh, yeah. like Rocksteady just to me could do no wrong in the DC universe. And so like, so people are kind yeah. of picking apart Suicide Squad. They're like, I don't know if I would play as Captain Boomerang and I don't know, the evil Superman, yeah. we've done that before. And it's like, this is a good team. I trust them. <laughs> and like, yeah, I did not play Witcher 1 or 2 for a second. And like, I started Witcher 3, it was like, I was bowled over by the quality and the, the depth in that game. Yes, uh, yes. And, and there's still a second DLC of Witcher 3 I still never played. And so it's like you see that team and, and just generally how they handle, you know, development and how they handle delays and how they're really focused on delivering, you know, a really fantastic product that, that they believe in. Um, and so it's like I have so much faith. You know, I have very little doubt that that game is going to be incredible. I mean, just imagine the the, uh, the audacity and the uh, the the effort and the ambition to kind of chart your path, you know, out out of Poland and just to like become like a global powerhouse game maker, and to know that that's achievable by your group. Yeah. I, I'm it's so commendable. It's so fantastic. What a great story! Just their story, and how the whole world that knows about video games is now like wow like yeah. fully laser focused on whatever they've got for us you know yeah. it feels like the magic box they're gonna open i can't wait and it 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 bumped another game off my list i originally had assassin's creed valhalla in there and then i'm just yeah. going chronologically and i'm like oh wait cyberpunk comes out two days later delete 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 delete, delete. <laughs> <laughs> like, sorry yeah. assassin's creed i'll play you in december like valhalla is a lot of fun did you get hands on did you i did no I, I played legion while while uh, uh huber played valhalla and i didn't i didn't play origins and and i played only a couple hours of syndicate and i was like I, i'm just i played so many Assassin's Creed games. i'm kind of tuned out yeah. a little bit and yes. then i was like okay well we're getting ready for game of the year you know i'd like to have a perspective on open world games because it is you know my favorite genre so like let me just like let me just dump into just 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 put my toe into odyssey and then 50 hours later i was like <laughs> yeah <laughs> So um, that is a relentless game. It's one of those games where it's just yeah. like, you're going to like me. Yeah. I got something for you. You know, yeah. There's a just, lot of the Assassin's Creed. They're a lot like that. You know, even so Syndicate. I, I think yeah. about Syndicate all the time. You know, it, it, there's, there's, there's gold in almost every one of these games, but yeah. they did dump too many Assassin's Creed games. And that was my yeah. problem with even Odyssey after, because I loved Origins. I was like, oh, Odyssey. And it's excellent, but it's like, wow, give us a breather. But Valhalla is, uh, uh, it's a gr like a great fit with the, the Viking kind of lore, you know, that mm -hmm. it's just the right amplitude of danger and, and cool characters, but not on our list, not on my list, not on your yeah. list. What is, but Cyberpunk is, what else is on your list? Get out of here. Uh, hopefully we're getting, I, I smell a delay here. I'm scared, but hopefully yeah. we get uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales in, in 2020 because holy I, cow, I, man, holy cow. I, that's on my list too. Huh. How can they delay it? It's gotta huh. come with the PlayStation 5. You want it does to be it, delayed? Does Halo Infinite have to come with the Xbox? Is that a have to situation? <laughs> well, I guess- I just, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just being realistic here, man. I'm just trying yeah. to, because 
that Spider-Man game. Oh my God. Like that. I know. Uh, 2018 Spider-Man. Yeah. Dude, I remember, dude, I, I got that code. I think that's probably the most electric I've been for getting a code this entire gen. Like yeah, I got that code. I was like, huh, huh, huh. I like went inside. I was like, you don't need anything from me for the next three, five hours. Right. And it's like, no, 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 don't play it. I'm like, okay, okay. And I remember like I booted that up and I sit down on the couch and like just the theme started playing in the menu. And I was like, yeah. Here we go. Yeah, like, it's so good. I know. And and just I think this is just the right time for this character. It's it, and it's so perfectly set up uh, uh, from the first game, and obviously from multiverse. And there's just you know it's this is a character people know now. And it's yeah. like I was saying with Avengers, it's like it's exciting that Miss Marvel is now being pushed to the forefront. It's exciting that me too. You know, yeah, uh, that these, too. these characters who we don't regularly associate with being you know the the pantheon of these particular brands. Uh, and so. Um, and I well, just I mean, love- let's face it. My- Miles Morales's, you know, variation of Spider-Man. He's cooler Spider-Man. There's just like yeah. he does more things. He's got all the Spider-Man stuff, and then he does mm-hmm. more things. And that that uh, you know, multiracial background. And I mean, you saw the Spider-Verse movie. It was just, yeah, of course. It's like one of my favorite superhero things. Yeah, yeah. Right, ever made like yeah. it's just such an incredible film. It's like yeah. I still listen to that soundtrack almost every day. I still like that's the first thing I, I say. Hey Siri, I'm not gonna say it because it's gonna do it. But, <laughs> I, you know, I, 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 I ask it to play the Spider Verse soundtrack all the time, and just the the flavor of that universe, and we yeah. get to play in that. I I cannot wait. But you think they're gonna delay it? No, I just I'm just I'm just prepared just in case, yeah. you know, because well, we haven't I mean, we have because we haven't really seen anything, you know, like the we, we still don't have a concrete day, do we? That that's no, out? because it's, it's all just whatever the, launch, yeah. Yeah, it's so it's just the, everything the price we still don't know and there's just a lot of new console stuff that's still it's it, it was, seems like Sony every now and then have to be like we are releasing it this year and it's like the fact that you had to say that like eight times <laughs> it makes yeah me, yeah uh, was Spider-Man your favorite game of uh, 2018 was that your uh, game it, of the year it, it wasn't necessarily my goatee but like it was um, probably to that date the most satisfying superhero game that I played you know just in it's, terms of um, and I love the Arkham games, but there were just some stories, some hit or miss stuff. And I, I'm much more attached to Batman. And so like, you know, there's yeah. a lot of, that's what you did with Mad Hatter. You know, there's a lot of that going on that like I don't carry <laughs> into to Spider-Man. Um, but uh, I, I think one moment that really stood out for me with Spider-Man that I was chuckling while I was doing it was you go on a, you go on a date with Mary Jane where you go back to her apartment and she makes food. And with open world games, I love time of day. And that took me a little bit of time to adapt to that they don't do that in Spider-Man. It's, it's locked in on one specific time until you move the story forward. But the more I played it, I started to think, well, you know, time of day is kind of silly in open world games anyway. Days don't move that fast, you know? And so they try to kind of simulate like the feeling of, oh, the sun's coming up, you know, I should probably go to bed or, or do something else. Or, oh, I, that's all I got done in one day. Where when I was actively going towards Mary Jane's apartment, it was still night. It was still the time of day for when we set this date. And so I'm like, well, it's, it would have only been 40 minutes or so since I last <laughs> talked to her on the phone. So that is kind of matching real time. And she finally calls me and she's like, okay, I'm back in my apartment. I got the food, come on over. And I was like, all right. And I'm like, let me go do this now because I want to do this as Peter Parker because I'm in the character right now making that decision yeah. in this open world. So and good. I'm webbing over there and a crime <laughs> pops up and I'm like, I got I got to go to her apartment, you know? And, and it was like in that moment, I'm like, wow, they, the, you know, from how they dictated the story to how they set up these little mini game extra things that you can do in the world, they just made me feel like Spider-Man. They just really yeah. put me in a position where I had yes. to make a decision about these characters as that character. And it's 
one of the things that made you know Spider-Man so popular when he was created and still so unique is that he doesn't have the confidence of a Superman or of an Iron Man or you know like uh, and so it with Miles it's cool to even dial that back even further that like totally. he's, he's done this for maybe a month you know and yeah, so yeah. I, one of the little details they added is I love that like when he does a backflip he's kind of flailing you know he doesn't necessarily have the form that Peter yeah. has and that's what's so great about you know Spider-Verse is just that that the the tutelage, you know, just seeing that relationship between those two that, you know, Peter's passing on his knowledge to somebody who is just as green as he was, you know, when he first started out. And, you know, when, when uh, Spider-Man 2 came out, Activision's uh, Spider-Man 2, I forget the, the uh, it was Treyarch. Um, that's when it hit me that Spider-Man's the best video game character. Yeah. Like, he, he is the best character in games. He's, yeah. he's an incredible comic creation and an incredible movie character, but he's the best character in games because it's just a gas to do anything as this character like just to like anything just to move walk down the street as spider-man is just so fun and insomniac nailed that with the amount of population that you walk past and everybody Mm -hmm. wants high fives and pictures the the only knocks i had about the game when i reviewed it is that it stood on the shoulders of all the great spider-man games that had come before and the arkham games and so that there was a um a permanence about the experience like like there was a familiarity with it yeah, but it also it was my game of the year. Even though I think God of War came out that year, there were lots of other, you know, excellent games in the running. And I gave it a nine and a half. I didn't give it a ten out of ten, um, but now I'd give it an eleven out of ten because I I couldn't put it down. Like I I finished it, I beat it, I played all the DLC, and so and anytime anybody mentions Insomniac Spider Man, I want to stop everything that I'm doing and go back and play that game. And so when I oh see yeah. It, Scroll I, up I, on Twitter. I would, I'd boot it up and just just web for ten minutes and then turn yeah. it off and be like, ah, oh, that was good. That was good stuff. Yeah, and the um, photo mode and all that stuff that they yeah. they elevated with like all of that. This the all of the vo- the voice acting and and the music and all of the th- the you know production threading. Now you've got me freaked out that they are gonna they are gonna. I'm delay just dude. I'm just crowd. trying to you know <laughs> all 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 that's been happening in 2020 is shoes dropping all over the place. I'm just trying I know. to. I'm just, I got my umbrella out, man. I'm just. Well, I'll tell you this. this. If they do delay it, it's because the character deserves it. You know, like. Oh, yeah, sure. The, yeah. The, don't the, rush the, this whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. If the, if the reason, and we don't know guys, like anybody that's watching this, Brandon and I don't know if that's not, happening. Not based on a damn thing. No. But if they do, I can, I would almost be okay with it because I know they would just make it a better game and miles morales and and that spider verse that they're creating deserves it all you know like yeah. and and the thing I, I often say about that's that spider-man game that they developed is and you know it's a wonderful success for insomniac and for playstation and for sony but it's such a crying shame that the whole world doesn't get to play that game anywhere that they want to like i feel like that game should be on pc and stadia and xbox like it should just be anywhere switch you know, I don't know how they do it on Switch, but it should just be achievable. And because it's the, it's like the MCU, you know, it's yeah. that level of, but you're Spider-Man. Like they yeah. really just crushed it. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to see where the story goes. I think that, yeah, yep. like I said, they just did a great job of setting up his character uh, in that game. And it's just so very clearly like, that's why I was like, okay, well, the sequel is going to be called Spider-Man Two, and now there's two Spider-Men, and I love that. No. Like even even before, I mean, obviously that sequel's coming, but uh, I love even before they did that, they're like, we can't wait. We gotta give we gotta give this guy's own game. 
Oh my God, I can't wait. Yeah. Um, okay, well, you know, thank you for your list of five. And I, I, uh, I love that we share very similar tastes here, very similar yes. takes on all of this. Yeah. Uh, what do you, you know, talk a little bit about like, I think the, the hot thing that's happening right now is everybody's speculating on Switch Pro or a next gen Switch coming out in early 2021. Does Nintendo need to do that? And are you psyched for that? Do you think it's real? What do you think? Um, yeah, I, I do think it's real. It's something obviously that, uh, you know, based on what Nintendo's done in the past, I think we can expect um, because, you know, I, I mostly play the Switch docked, but the Switch is still a handheld console and, and we just, we get at least one, if not two or three or four, um, uh, or at least two, if not three or four different handheld versions of, of you know, the consoles that they've done in the past. Um, yeah. This is something that a lot of the people on our team are excited about. You know, like we, we all love the Switch, you know, uh, at EZA. And uh, I know that whenever this topic comes up, it's not something that we want to anticipate in a sense that like we need it. But I know like whenever this enters the conversation, it's like, yes, yes, do it. Yes. Like we're, we're ready to, you know, to, um, especially with all the ports and, and, and then bringing crazy things like Doom Eternal and stuff to the Switch. Like I wouldn't mind a little extra power, you know, on the system. Um, but I don't know if necessarily more power would be the really exciting thing like i i miss i we mentioned earlier i missed street pass that that wasn't brought from the 3ds to the switch so like i wonder if right. there's other other functionality they could potentially bring um you know to the system but uh yeah having been you know been given the light i think it was smart that they did that first i think that's maybe the the, the thing that uh, a lot of people were looking for because it doesn't surprise me when people you know the switch is their only console especially if they have kids and so uh the light you know made sense at the time but um yeah, I think it's time for it. It, it could be time for a new switch that would sell very well, I believe. I, I I think so too, and I think the light kind of showed that you can have because there's a lot of people that own the original switch and the light. There's a lot of people that uh, want mm -hmm. the varietals, right? And they're mm -hmm. going to get this new one. Um, what do they have to do to um, make it the the machine that everybody upgrades to? And how do they how do they navigate Ooh. that? And I mean, are are they going to play the classic switch? games and will there be noticeable improvements on uh you know if you if you bought doom 2016 for the switch will it look better on the new new switch 2 like what do you how do you think sure. they deal with all that sure yeah just just a general performance thing i don't if nintendo told me they were improving their online infrastructure i don't know if i would believe them so i don't know if that's something <laughs> they could necessarily sell beforehand um but i mean yeah the, the dirty thing is to have, ex, you know, exclusive content to have, you know, to say Breath of the Wild 2 is, is only on this brand new Switch. You know, that would be, yeah. that would be super dirty. Um, yeah. I don't necessarily see them doing something like that with a, a, a big release like that. But I don't, honestly, Vic, I don't know. I don't have a really poignant, you know, like industry focused yeah. answer for you because I've been so happy with this system, you know, yeah. and uh, when I upgraded from a PlayStation 4 to a PlayStation 4 Pro, I, I don't, it was less from a position of like, boy, this is going to be great and make finally make all of my gaming dreams come true. It was just, I don't want to miss out. You know, I don't yeah. want to. Uh, and I was super naive when that happened initially because there were a lot of people that would reach out to us that were still playing on their base PS4 and they were like, dude, Control is just unplayable on this thing. You know, it's like, yeah. all you yes. do is playing on your PS4 Pro, don't know what we're dealing with. And, um, yeah. and I only had one code for the game. So I'm like, I'm not going to buy it, <laughs> you know, like on my, you know, right. on, on a separate console as well, just to check it. Uh, but, um, so I, 
definitely feel that now that there is a difference between those two systems and i would hate for that to happen you know with switch owners with you know uh the, the children of the world you know still playing on their original switch which is a wonderful console but then playing some game that just doesn't perform or doesn't work or um, yeah that's you know, that is god forbid yeah, it is exclusive um, well I, but then you want there to be some exclusive because you know when the new 3ds came out yeah. It, it, there were only like five games or something like that or mm -hmm. less that were really just only for that new platform and took advantage mm -hmm. of the hardware capabilities of that platform, even though it was a much better 3DS than what had come before. And so, you, you know, I don't know if that's as much of a win either, right? Because if you went out and got that new thing, you'd want there to be, it's, I mean, it's what Series X is, I think, struggling yes. with right now with Halo, right? right. People, they want to sell that hardware, but Halo's got to, I talked about this with um, Mike Williams from uh, US Gamer, and he rightly brought up that you, uh, you're dealing with a seven-year-old console that people on our launch Xbox One are still going to want to be able to play Halo Infinite. And what yeah. kind of pressure is that on a game maker and a hardware manufacturer? Mm -hmm. It's crazy. So it's, it's strange. It's well, also the pressure just in dealing with the whole concept of you know obviously hasn't very very been very public with microsoft but like we're all kind of assuming is that they're taking the iphone approach that they're you know we got the xbox one and the xbox one x and potentially we're going to get a ton of different variations on the xbox series you know for next gen and you want to sell those things as more powerful but you don't want to you know take a dump on people who aren't willing to make that financial investment you don't want to make them feel like they're playing on an inferior product so yeah. you kind of want to have like the you know the marketing image of all of your systems all in a row and you're like it's a win-win you know like there's no you get better with this but if you buy a you know just the the regular iphone 11 you're fine you know it's like yeah. you're not really you don't get the camera but you're you know you're still getting a, a good experience and so I, if I was Nintendo and really trying to keep, you know, uh, uh, a modicum of goodwill, you know, after releasing a new system, I would try to suggest that of just like, hey, you win whatever Switch you get. It's just you're going to get more battery life. You're going to get, um, you know, better frame rate on some of these big, or, crazier or, or games. Or maybe they go, this isn't portable. I mean, maybe this new Switch is is <sighs> the Switch home and it has nothing to, because, you know, when, yeah. when the Switch became so successful, I was asking friends at PlayStation why they aren't doing that. Why aren't they making a PlayStation 4? Imagine a PlayStation 4 with its thousands of great games and lots mm -hmm. of exclusives. There was a, a handheld version of that, you know, made to the specs or better of what we get out of a Switch Lite. And it, it's, it's a power issue. It's about feeding those, you know, uh, those chips and those graphics processors enough horsepower, enough power, actual physical battery power that it isn't this giant beast. Um, and that's, that's why they kind of shied away from that, you know, and maybe Nintendo, I, I don't know how they're going to do it. I guess DLSS technology, this new NVIDIA technology that allows for, uh, you know, a lower uh quality visual but it's uh, through artificial intelligence it's it's all um upscaled and made mm. to look a lot better that's the kind of projection and rumor that's that they're going to be able to do in handheld mode but maybe they don't even do that maybe they say this is the home unit maybe they brand it something differently but it plays classic switch carts or something i it, it, this is going to be very interesting like they they have a bit of a minefield that they have to kind of walk through here because of the success of the of the original switch and it was a tremendous success so again this is yeah. not i don't view a new switch as necessarily solving a problem you know right i, I think yeah. they, they've had a, a lot of 
really, really excellent games. There's a lot of franchises that I've previously totally tuned out of, you know, in yeah. uh, just in the, you know, the Nintendo catalog that I'm now invested in. And um, the, 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 I'm not even tell, kidding, Vic, the first time I held a Switch in my hands, I was like, cool, when's Animal Crossing coming out? <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. There, there were some things I'm really excited about and I, you know, I played that system a ton. Um, so I don't, I, I would be wary of, of them approaching it by being like, finally, the thing that's gonna undo all of these mistakes we've made. Of, or yeah. rather just like, oh, hey, here's another option. But at the same time, I don't know how much investors, how much you know, executives at Nintendo would need something like that to sell demonstrably better than the other two systems or if it's just like, hey, it's an option. I think they just, they don't make it a Switch, honestly. I think they make the home unit, you know? Mm -hmm. and, it's, and it's a powerful thing that plays Switch. Um, and then they come out with a portable version of that in two years, as opposed to hmm. constantly trying to do, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't run their business. And, and one of the great things about Nintendo is we can rely on them to completely confound us and confuse us and surprise yeah. us with the decisions that they make. Uh, but yeah, very interesting dilemma that they've crafted for themselves. They don't ever need to make another like portable only line of they they can't really ever like they they're a one machine forward looking company like sure. when you look at it right yeah unless they did something crazy and brought back a Game Boy and brought that brand back and I I don't know they they sure have a lot of options available to them but with the Switch they've kind of shrunk it all in one kind of direction you know and I it's so fascinating man like I'm really curious now to see uh, what they're gonna do. Right, and we'll yeah. find out probably right around when the uh, PlayStation 5 is launched is when all the, the oh, hype okay. will start to hit, I would imagine, right? Like they're going to, because they're, 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 they're talking early uh, 2021. So if they, they want to take the wind out of their competitor sales at all, is probably when they're going to start dropping the, uh, the info. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Okay, my friend. We had, uh, we had a good chat here. Oh, this we had an excellent awesome. chat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's almost like we hung out. I know. <laughs> it's I love it. Like I actually got to got yeah, to spend I some think, time with you in person. I think we we have to plan for that, but I think we have to uh, plan for you to come back. Uh, maybe after the machines are launched, you know, maybe after oh my goodness, a, yeah, a chance to play our five uh, most anticipated yeah. games. How does that sound? That sounds fantastic. It's a yeah, maybe and, and maybe we can uh, bring in a few more of your allies as well, which would oh, be sure. a lot of yeah. fun too. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you so much for coming on. Everybody, this is Brandon Jones, and you can watch his work and all of his colleagues' work on uh, Easy Allies, which is youtube.com slash Easy Allies. Yep, and we're yes. on Twitch. We have a website, too. Our, our schedule is in uh, everyone's time zone. It tra changes to your time zone on our website. So if you're curious Very what good. we're up to, you can just go to our website. Awesome. Well, keep up the great work, my friend. And, Thank and, you, sir. Uh, con you as well. Congratulations again on uh, on uh, being a parent and fatherhood. And He's probably navigating. woken up from his nap. I probably <laughs> yeah. my, shift, my shift begins right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, have a great time with that, and we will see you very soon. Uh, take care of yourself, and thank you all for watching. We'll see you with new content very soon. And until then, play forever.